Well, we're in Luke chapter 4, and uh, I read Genesis chapter 3, and that shows the uh, utter defeat of uh, Adam in the Garden of Eden. And he was in a rich uh, paradise with uh, all that he could ever really desire. But uh, tempted by the devil of hell, uh, he fell. And Adam represented you and I. Uh, he's the federal head of every human being born into this world. We all have that demerit of Adam. As in Adam, all have died. But now we're looking at the last Adam. Another Adam comes into the fight. and The devil comes to tempt him. But he stands victorious throughout those 33 years which were vital for you and me. It's not only the death of Jesus Christ that uh, we rejoice in. And we do rejoice in his death. But his life was absolutely vital because not only does my sin need to be paid for, and it was paid for by Jesus Christ on the cross. And oh, how the devil seek to distract and deflect him from that work of dying on the cross. But also the devil seek, sought to blemish his life. That we could never have that rich, beautiful covering of his glorious life as we approach God the Father. And uh, here... Jesus Christ stands straight after his baptism. He's driven by the Spirit into the desert. And after 40 days of uh, fasting and prayer, the devil comes to him with these strong and real temptations. The first one, there he is, physically hungry. We looked at this last time. If you are the Son of God, fancy that. God had said, the Father, this is my Son. And then, well, if you are the Son of God, Make these stones become bread. I know you're hungry. Make these stones become bread. Feed yourself. Satiate that, 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 satisfy that, that hunger. But Jesus doesn't do that. He relies on the providence of, of God. Uh, Moses actually is reading through Exodus. As I said, uh, Moses was 40 days and 40 nights on the mountain. And we're told there he didn't eat in those 40 days either and he was hungry but uh, he didn't live by bread alone and Jesus quoted man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that comes from the mouth of the living God now I won't use my innate power to make these stones become bread because my people don't have that innate power but I will do what they can do and trust in the providence of God whatever situation we are found in let's trust in the living God and uh, so he he overcomes that great temptation and he uses the word of God it is written and you and I have got that ability to use the word of God and every day my friends put on the gospel armor each piece put on with prayer because we're still in a battle and although as uh, if you're a Christian here he can't stop you getting to heaven if you're not yet a Christian, I'll tell you what else he can't do. He can't stop you being converted. And if God has got his hand on you, you are going to be saved, but you need to do something. And I pray you do it this morning. Repent of what you are, a sinner. Repent of what you've done, all your sins, and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Get out of Adam and get into the one who was victorious on your behalf. You have a choice here. It's either Adam as your federal head and he failed and he brings death 
and destruction. Or you can have the Lord Jesus Christ who was victorious and he brings everlasting life and righteousness. Who will you trust in this morning? But the devil will try and put you as a Christian out of action. Right? He can't rob you of your salvation. But he'll try and nobble you while you're on the pitch and so you're just limping and looking at the sidelines and saying to the manager, please take me off. No, we have a, we have a task. And it's only in Christ that we can stand. And we use the word of God and we put on the gospel armour and I tell you, my friends, if you're a Christian, you're a fool if you don't ask for the armour of light every day. Every day. Waking up. I mean, to launch out on a day without having acknowledged your weakness and his strength and asked him and sought him. It might be a brief time. Maybe you're busy. Maybe you're a mother changing the nappies. You can still pray while you change nappies, my friends. It's easier than it was when I was changing nappies, the old Terry ones. I won't go into the details. But now it's a little bit easier. You can do it, you can do it pretty quickly. But you can still pray while you do that, or doing the washing up, or putting the washing in, or changing the beds. I know many of us are very harassed by, by life, but we can pray. We can pray. He'll try and stop you praying, or he'll try and do that. He'll speak well of you. This, this hymn is interesting, isn't it? Christian, dost thou hear them? Here's the enemy. How they speak thee fair. I try and, well, well done. Yes, you, you, you do pray, but all the time? You need to pray all the time? Always fast and vigil? Always watch and prayer? Give yourself a break. Do you need to get to the prayer meeting? Really? How about having a little bit of time off? Uh, how about, well, let's still have your quiet time today. You are busy. Just, just come on. Come on, it, it'll always watch and pray. Christian answer boldly, while I breathe, I pray. Peace shall follow battle, night shall end in day. Tell you when I'm going to have a wonderful rest. You know, I'm 66. Now you can put your own name there. I'm thinking, well, it's been uh, 47 years in Christ. That's my identity, by the way. Because in Christ there's neither male nor female, rich nor poor, bondage or free, no name. In Christ... What an identity. Put it on Facebook. How do you identify? In Christ, the great unifier. Oh, that's all that matters. Your bank balance. Whatever. What's I saying? Yeah. Look, 66, wasn't I? I was saying it sounded 66. Um, I get more tired now, more easily. Uh, things can get on top of me more easily. But while I breathe, oh God, I, I pray. Don't we have a work to do? When does it finish? When he says. When he says. Think of a dear saint gone to glory this, this last week in a care home and uh, living out her last months there, but doing some Bible studies with residents there. While I breathe, I pray. Always about our Father's business. Whatever situation we, we might be in. Don't let the devil distract. That's what he's trying to do. Did you once run well? Why are you hobbling now? 
Well, the devil's played on your weaknesses. Maybe he's doing what he seeks to do to Christ now in this second temptation. Dazzle you with the world. There have been times in Britain where out-and-out persecution has been his tactic. Uh, they're just uncovering again um, the Bethel Chapel that uh, was covered over by David Morgan Department Store. And in there is the plaque to Rawlings White, fisherman of this town. And he was martyred in 1555 for his faith in Jesus Christ. Um, persecution once swept this country. Persecution sweeps many nations uh, today. But in Britain, generally... The devil doesn't need to use out-and-out persecution because he's doing very, very well with the riches of this world. If we haven't got them, we desire them. And he dangles them before us and cools our hearts and makes us what we are generally as Christians and as local churches, and we lose that cutting edge. Well, here he comes now to Jesus Christ with the next temptation. Let me read it. Luke chapter 4, verse 5, 6, 7, and 8. Then... The devil, taking him up on a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, All this authority I will give you and their glory, for this has been delivered to me, and I give it to whomever I wish. Therefore, if you will worship me, all will be yours. And the devil answered and said to him, Get behind me, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. So the wiles of the devil, he comes, make these stones become bread. That fails now a new tactic. And what, what exactly has happened here in verse 5? This, this display takes him up on a high mountain, and he shows him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time, and he shows the, him all the glory of the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. Now, what are we to make of this packed into a, a moment of time? I mean, where's your mind now? Because you've got some control over it. The devil will try and attack it. That's why we have on the helmet of salvation. Because uh, he'll try and attack your, your mind. Christian, he'll look to distract you. Even under the preaching of the word, you're thinking about the Sunday roast or where you're going to go on your holiday or what's happened to little Johnny or how's the hamster? Now, in a moment of time, he comes with a dazzling display of all the world's splendor, riches, beauty, opulence, and power, the majesty, the might, and the glory. Uh, this time, there's the power of Rome. He showed him Rome and uh, the, uh, the Colosseum and the, the Senate and uh, all the wonderful magnificence of the power of Rome and the marching armies of power. He showed him Greece, he showed him Egypt and the pyramids and the sphinx and the glory and the gold and the opulence and the pomp and the pleasures of the world. And he's brought him up from a desert of dust and jackals and vultures and hunger. Took him up, he took him up and in a moment of time. Now two ways we can view this and uh, really there's no... I, I, I would tend to think this is a vision that Jesus is given by the very fiend of hell himself. 
as opposed to physically being taken, but we can't be absolutely sure, but I suggest it is a, a vision that he has here of all the splendor of the world. And he can do the same to you and to me. Thinking about our holidays, as I showed the, the photographs and the splendor of places that we perhaps have never seen, but these things come to us through the internet and the social media and the television screens and the films and we think and the stars and the rock stars and the film stars and oh, I, I wish and could I, could I have and it begins to eat in our own hearts. Our eyes see it, our minds can dwell in an instant. It can come to us and we can be dazzled and we can be distracted. And uh, the devil shows all this to Jesus He'd show it all to you and me uh, as well. And uh, look at the offer that the devil makes to Jesus. The devil said to him, All this authority I will give to you and their glory for... This is why I can do it, Jesus. This has been delivered to me, the world and all its glory. And I give it to whomever I wish. And the devil... He's pulling out all the stops here. All he had to do in the Garden of Eden is offer a fruit from a particular tree. We don't know. It's often said to be an apple. We haven't got a clue what the fruit was. thing is, there was a prohibition. There was only one law given to Adam and Eve and all the magnificence kindness and the benefits. You, you're free, Adam, to eat from any tree in the garden. There must have been thousands. But this one, don't eat. And if you do, you will die. The devil doesn't have to work very hard. He just offers to Eve and then to Adam one fruit that was good for food. Echoes of make this stone become bread, food. Man shall not live by bread alone. But she took it and she gave some to Adam and he took it. But also it was pleasant to the eyes. He showed one fruit. Now he's pulling out the stops now with Jesus because a fruit won't be in a one fruit from one tree. He shows him the world. <laughs> He shows him the world. He's pulling out all the stops. Why? Why? He's got to stop Jesus going to the cross. He's got to stop him going there. And he's got to blemish his lovely life, his beautiful life. He's got to make it so the Father can't say, I'm well pleased with him. So he's pulling out, a fruit won't do. So the, he, he is the world. He is the world. But you know, the world is not enough. The world could never. What does it profit a man, Jesus says, if he were to... Now you think about it. I mean, how much would you sell out for? How much have I, have you sold out for as the Lord's people? Why aren't we running like we used to run? Why aren't we shining for him in this dark world? As we... Hold out the word of life, the only hope for your family. There is no other hope. It's not Keir Starmer, it's not Rishi Sunak, it's not 
the liberal democrat man it's it's not the guy at the center it's not it really isn't Plaid Cymru either it's not the Yorkshire National Party and it, it's not money and pension plans <laughs> the only hope is is Jesus now he's offered the world and the world is not enough it's a real temptation because in Jesus Christ one person he is the person of the eternal son of god who becomes a human now careful how we say this he never becomes a human person otherwise he'd be two persons he's only one person he is the eternal person the second person of the one triune God, he is the person, the Son of God, who takes to himself humanity, a real human body, a real incarnation, overseen by the Holy Spirit, developing in the womb of the Virgin Mary, born, one person, two natures, God doesn't change, he takes to himself humanity two natures fully God fully man in a wonderful union in the one person the eternal person of the eternal son of God and he's come to do us good he's come to take away your sin and my sin the sins of whoever will trust in him he's come to put right what went wrong in the garden of Eden sin rebellion going our own way which leads to death he's come to live that perfect life and then die the death that we deserve now it's his humanity here that is powerfully tempted by the devil in the desert on that mountaintop in a vision his humanity god cannot be tempted but the human nature of jesus christ can and he offers him the world and the world, of course, is not enough. But it was a real temptation. How much would it take for you? How much would it take for me? Here's a question. He offers him the world. Was it his to offer? Now, he's talking to the creator of the heavens and the earth. And he says, oh, all this has been given to me. And I can give it to whoever I wish. Is that right? He is known in 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 4 as the God of this world. He's known in Ephesians 2 verse 3 as the prince of the power of the air. He's known in John 12, 31 and 14, 30 as the ruler of this world. And in 1 John 5, 19, we're told that the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. But really, is it his? Because he's standing before the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the creator of all things, and in whom, Colossians 1.15, all things consist. He's the creator of the heavens and the earth. In the beginning, God created. Proverbs 8, then I was the craftsman at his side. Proverbs, Psalm 24 the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, for he established it upon the waters. He is the creator. Hmm. Is it his to give? 
Do you know, he has power, but this world is not his. He's telling Jesus Christ a powerful lie. He'll tell you and I powerful lies and delusions. He is now known as the father of lies. And so when he makes you that offer, you'll prosper in this. You better take that extra job. And it means you won't see the family as much. It means you won't have time for this, that, and the other. And I want to generalize because there are individual cases. And if you become the prime minister, and Daniel, you know, he was prime minister in, uh, in Babylon and in, uh, the, the, and in Persia. And uh, Joseph rose to high position in Egypt. And they were very, very busy men and meetings, but they always found time to pray. And Daniel, even when he was prime minister in his 80s, found time to pray three times a day. So it's not... A, but never let these things win your heart. That's what the devil's trying to do. Win your heart. And only God deserves your heart. And in eternity, you'll know that's true and... Let's not have regrets. Let's not have regrets. Was it his to give? Well, no, not, not really. Why has Jesus come into the world? Now, the devil understands this. 1 John 3 and verse 8, he's come to destroy the works of the devil. And when he casts out the demon in, uh, in Mark's gospel, the demon says, I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Have you come to destroy us? The devil understands. He's trying to deflect him. Mark chapter 3, Jesus uh, answering the Pharisees who say, oh, it's by the power of Beelzebub he casts out demons. A house divided against itself will, will fall. I'll tell you why I'm here. I'm here to plunder the rich man's house. That's the devil. He is his house. I've come to plunder his goods. But to do that, first of all, I've got to tie him up. The devil wants to stop this. He's, pulling, he's doing all that he can, but the world's not enough. The world's not enough. Calvary changes everything. Calvary answers and puts right what went wrong in the Garden of Eden. The wage of sin is death. If you do this, you will die. And all humanity fell in Adam. As in Adam, all die. So in Christ, all are made alive again. To get to heaven and to know God, I need a perfect life and I haven't got one. So for 33 years, Jesus Christ went around doing good. He's almighty God who becomes one of us. He's not a split personality. He's the person of the eternal Son of God, but he has two natures, fully human, fully divine. And as Jesus Christ represents me in his life, so he represents me in his death death. He lived the life I couldn't live on my behalf. He dies the death that I deserve. Calvary was hell on earth 2,000 years ago where in my place condemned he stood. He sealed my pardon with his blood. Can I be indifferent to that? You're not saved yet? Do you see him? How do I know it's all true? The resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead proves he is the Son of God with power, proves that his work works, and the offer is a genuine one. If you will repent, my friend, and trust in the finished work of Jesus Christ, you will be saved. A wonderful transaction takes place. The clean life Christ lived is given to you as a gift, and it covers you here and now. 
And all your sin and your sorrows were laid on Christ. And they're paid for by Christ on, on Calvary. And you now approach God and you're certain of heaven to come. Why? It's not because I went to church, sang hymns and said prayers and lived a, a perfect, wonderful life. No, I, I could never do that. It's all because of Jesus. Only Jesus. It's all because of him. He lived for me. He died for me. He rose again. From sinking sand, he, he lifted me. From realms of night to planes of light. <laughs> what are we doing about it? Have you been saved yet? Trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, Calvary changes everything. Revelation 20 and the first three verses open up with a wonderful uh, symbolic picture of um, um, an angel coming from heaven with a great chain and binding that ancient dragon, the, the serpent, and uh, sealing him over in a pit for a thousand years. That thousand years, my friends, very quickly symbolic of the gospel age, at the end of which he'll be released for a little time. There will be increasing difficulties before Christ comes again and we hear that trumpet, his, his little reign. But for now, the devil has been bound. His house has been plundered, and he has been bound and he's tied in a chain because of Calvary. In Revelation 20, we learn in order that he would deceive the nations no longer. And since Calvary and the explosion and the coming of the Holy Spirit and the spreading out of the gospel, oh, it used to be in other lands, it was very, very dark and there was no gospel light or very little. But since Calvary and the outgoing of the gospel for the nations, it's even come to Cardiff. And here we are, by the grace of God. Colossians 2 and verse 15, we're told that on the cross, Jesus Christ disarmed the devil. Disarmed him. He can't accuse Christians anymore. He cannot hold on to us. He has been bound to deceive the nations no more. So what the devil's looking to do, and he's pulling out all the stops, he's tried the bread, now he tries everything. I'll throw the world at him, I'll throw the world at him. Let's stop him, distract him, dazzle him. But the world is not enough. And for you and I, we've got to keep on looking to Jesus Christ. Whatever he's given me in this world, it is by his wisdom, and it is enough. If I have Christ, I have enough. There's a wonderful hymn, Jesus, Jesus, all sufficient. I think the original Welsh would put it this way, Jesus, Jesus, you are enough. Might be wrong, but I think that's what it says. Jesus, Jesus, you are enough. Proverbs 30 and verse 8, give me neither poverty nor riches, Feed me the food allotted to me, lest I be full and deny you. I have too much, I don't need God. And say, who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and steal and profane the name of my God. J.C. Ryle has put it this way, that uh, poverty is difficult and it's slain its tens, but riches has slain its tens of thousands. See, the rich have got it all and can rely on their riches. Those who are maybe not as rich can think, oh, if only I had. Banish the thought. Thank God for what I have. And I can raise an Ebenezer at the, name, at the age of 66. He's still keeping me. Sometimes I wonder how I manage. 
It's only by His grace. And you can say the same as well. Aiken sold out for a wedge of gold and uh, a beautiful cloak and a leather jacket, I think, as well. Gehazi, um, two sets of clothes and some silver were enough for him. Demas, well, he wanted popularity amongst his, his friends. Judas, that wasn't much. I think it's about £5,000 in today's money. The 30 pieces of silver. What about you and I? You know, we're passing through a difficult world. Vanity Fair is real for you and me. It's worth reading Pilgrim's Progress. And uh, Vanity Fair is out there. When you leave this building, it's in your minds right now. Leave the building and Vanity Fair is all around and about us every single day. What price? What price? If you're to get the world, what's the price? Oh, the devil says it's very simple. Just bow... Bow your soul to me. Just, just, just sell out to me and get, get the glory now. Jesus, we could be co-regents. I'll share it with you. Bypass the horror of the cross. Look, time is, is moving by very, very quickly. How does Jesus Christ answer? Verse 8. Get behind me, Satan, for it is written... You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. Bypass the cross. I think there's only twice where Jesus Christ, I'm thinking now, on my feet, uses the phrase, get behind me, Satan. One is here. You know the other time, don't you? And who he said it to. And in the context, you're not going to die, Lord. You're not going to die. We're going to reign here and now. There's no need for a... What's all this talk about your death? I, I can see the future. You'll be ruling. Get rid of the Romans. Uh, can, can, I, can I be your chancellor or your home secretary? And, uh, and Jesus looks at him and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. Any deflection from his work... The cross is satanic. He's not going to countenance that. That's the first thing he says. And then he comes to what you and I rely on again. It is, it is written. It is written. And he loosely is quoting here Deuteronomy 6 and verse uh, 13. It is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. Don't have a divided Heart. The devil fails again. Fails again. Glory to God. Fails again. Doesn't besmirch that beautiful robe of righteousness that I'm wearing now by His grace and doesn't deflect Him from the cross, which is my only hope. But the devil, my friends, let's be wise to his wiles, will make constant offers to you and to me. And Mark chapter 8, verse 36 Let's think about it. What does it profit a man if he gain the whole world and yet lose his soul? And the answer is obvious, nothing at all. Nothing at all for this brief spark of time. I mean, who's the richest man in the world currently? He's going to die. He's going to die. We take nothing with us. And it's forever. And forever is a long, long time. And through faith alone in Christ alone, we enter the realms of glory forever and forever. 
finish with, with this. The Emperor Shalaman died and was uh, buried in a wonderful tomb on a throne. He was seated on a throne, Shalaman, and they dressed him in his royal uh, robes and regalia. They put a crown on his head and a scepter across him. And on his lap they placed a Bible open. When the millennium came, not this last one, the one, the other one, 1000 AD, the emperor was a man called Otto. And he decided it would be wonderful to open up the tomb of Sharma and have a look and see how he was doing. And so they opened up the tomb of Sharma and he was still there, seated on his throne, now just a skeleton, crown on his head, rotting robes around his shoulders, a scepter on his lap, the Bible was open, and a bony finger pointed to Mark 8, 36. What does it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his soul? And the answer, my friend, is nothing. Nothing at all. Don't sell out. Now, you're a Christian. I'm a Christian. Are we Christians? Let's live for him while he gives us breath. There's no time to rest yet. Different ministries, different phases. In a care home, still praying, doing some Bible studies where, where you can, encouraging folks to come to the service that's put on. If you're young and vigorous, maybe you're on boys' camp, so you're not here, or you're doing a camp next week. We're doing what we can. We're doing what we can. Different stages of life. While he gives us breath. Let none but Christ dazzle you. I've said that many times. Let none but Christ dazzle uh, you. Uh, that wonderful hymn, Be Thou My Vision. Riches I heed not, nor man's empty praise. Thou mine inheritance, now and always. Thou and thou only, first in my heart, high King of heaven, my treasure thou art. Let's pray. Father, thank you for a brief time. Go so quickly, looking at your word and this wonderful, wonderful reality. Jesus Christ standing where Adam fell, he stood. And what a wonderful, wonderful victory he won for me and for all who will simply trust in him. He lived for me, he died for me, he rose again. Oh Lord, help us to keep on looking to Jesus and all that he's done for us and not to sell out to this world in any way uh, at all. While you give us breath, help us to watch and to, to pray. Keep us we would ask, and for any here this morning as yet unsaved, may they see the need that they have of a saviour, and that's so wonderfully met in Jesus Christ, and may they trust him now. To God be the glory, we pray. Amen. If you want to be saved, why not now? I mean, I'll be at the door, just tell me. Took on my slip. It's, it's happened to me this morning. We'll have a quick hug and I'll send you on your way with one or two words of advice. If you, you want to pray and, and, and know more, just, just have a chat. Don't let these things pass. Let's finish with a final hymn. Stand up. Stand up for Jesus. Put on the gospel armour. Each piece put on with prayer. Where duty calls or danger, be never wanting there. 717.
And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God our Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all now and forever. Amen.